you know, if something interests you, try it, get it started, see where it goes. Those could potentially be side houses. I think it's invaluable to have those in retirement. That's what really brings the richness to retirement is when you're doing something fulfilling. Whether it's for money or not, I don't think it matters. What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Fritz Gilbert from theretirementmanifesto.com. Today, we're talking about retirement. And we're not just talking about the numbers. We're not talking about just the, the financial aspect of it, but we're talking about staying fulfilled in retirement, how to retire, how to get ready to retire, how to know you're ready to retire, maybe why you shouldn't retire. Fritz is an expert at helping people retire. Again, not just from the numbers, the numbers are important. You have to have your finances in order, but also from kind of the soft aspects of being really mentally prepared, prepared with your lifestyle to retire. I think in this space of financial independence, real estate investing, these topics that we talk about, we get so excited about, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go sit on a beach. I'm just going to travel the rest of my life. And that's great. There will be time for leisure. Absolutely. But Everybody that does that, that goes and sits on a beach, probably 99% of them end up being unfulfilled and unhappy. And many of them go back to work, not because they necessarily have to from a financial perspective, but because they're not ready to live that lifestyle of just sitting around, not doing anything. They feel unfulfilled. Not everybody, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're somebody who's out there, who's active, who's looking to do more, take more action. And I don't believe that you want to just sit and do nothing. When Once you're in the financial position where you could do that, I seriously doubt you're actually going to be ready to do that. So today, we're talking about lessons to prepare you for that, things to have going when you're ready to retire so that you're fulfilled in retirement, just fantastic topics. And don't worry, if you're somebody, maybe you're a little later in the game, you feel your finances aren't going to be prepared at the time you want to retire, at the particular age you want to retire, there is hope. We talk about that today as well. So if you're in that position, don't worry. We got you covered. Thanks for tuning in. This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. It's a great topic to talk about. I think it's on all of our minds and we need to dig deeper into thinking about retirement. Without any further ado, here we go with Fritz Gilbert from theretirementmanifesto.com. Fritz, thank you for joining us today. Taylor, it's great to be with you. I'm honored to be on your show. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk with you. Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic that so many people, I think, are aiming for, but maybe don't think about enough. We're going to talk about retirement. You just published a book, Keys to a Successful Retirement. And uh, can you tell us a bit about what you do, what you talk about, then we'll dive into the topic a bit more. Sure, Taylor. Yeah, thanks much. Um, yeah, so I retired two years ago. And, and really, I started a blog three years before I retired. So basically, the last five years, I've been writing every week about kind of the transition, preparing for, moving into, and now, you know, retirement evolves a bit. So I've, I've kind of evolved into kind of the, the longer term mindset of, of retirement. So the book was kind of capturing the key lessons that I learned over that five year span. It's not really a summary of my blog. It's all new content, but, but it was, it was, what did I learn in writing over those five years that I thought could benefit other people as they face, you know, their transition to retirement. And, and it's really designed for people probably 
five years before retirement until maybe five years after kind of the red zone is, is really what it's focused at. And, and my whole thing with my blog, my book is, is really, I've got a passion for helping people achieve a great retirement. It's the byline of my blog and it's, it's kind of what I'm about. I, I, I've had a great career. I, I retired at age 55 and I love to write. And I just, I love hearing stories from the different readers, people that listen to me on podcasts, you know, that, that, can relate to where I'm at and, and the stuff that I've gone through and the, and the things that I've learned to be able to share that with other people, man, that's, that's what retirement's all about for me. It's great. It's really bringing value to, to, you know, my retirement years. I love it. Sounds like you're having a lot of fun and, you know, I've got a lot of uh, thoughts about retirement. I think we, a lot of folks, especially when they're investing, whether in real estate or retirement accounts or the stocks and bonds, whatever, they're, maybe they have an eye on a date or an age they want to be, but they don't think about kind of the realities of what it's like to prepare to retire and then to be in retirement and staying fulfilled. So, you know, first I want to get into staying fulfilled in retirement. You've done a great job on that, but how can folks out there who maybe don't want to be a blogger and don't want to talk about these things stay fulfilled in their retirement? Ooh, that's a man starting with a big one. That's that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> we get um, to let, the let me say, issue. Let me, let me, yeah, let me say first, you know, what you mentioned earlier that people talk about, you know, hey, I'm putting money in retirement accounts. I'm not really thinking about retirement. I was the same way, you know, for probably, I worked 33 years in corporate America and probably for 20, 25 years of that 33, I wasn't really thinking about retirement. I knew it was out there, you know, and, and I don't think people should enjoy your life, mm-hmm. right? You might never get to retirement. You might get hit by a bus, you know? True. So don't, don't, don't spend your whole time spank, thinking about tomorrow and enjoy your today, but be responsible and saving for your tomorrow. And I think if you're less than five years away from retirement, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So I thought that was worth throwing in there before we get into the uh, the harder question. How do you find fulfillment in retirement? And, and I, I dedicate a lot of my book to exactly that question. That is the ultimate question. And, you know, retirement's one of those things that, you know, probably in the last year or two of my work, I was really kind of obsessed with what's it going to be like to be retired. It's kind of like when you get married, you, you, you don't know what it's going to be like until you get married or have a kid or whatever. Retirement's kind of one of those big milestone changes in your life that you can't anticipate what it's going to be like until you actually go through it. And, and I would say finding fulfillment in retirement is kind of the same thing. You know, it, it's even if I explained perfectly kind of how to do it, number one, it's going to be different for every person than it, you know, than it was for me. And, and number two, it's not something that even if I explained it perfectly and you were able to kind of grasp it, you still can't really in your instinct know what that feels like until you're experiencing it, if that makes sense. So high level, the advice I gave in my book, what it, what it really boiled down to is really foster your your curiosity and and your 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 willingness to try new things. You know, you no longer have a boss. You no longer have somebody telling you what to do. You're responsible to fill your day. And the best way that I've found to fill that in a fulfilling way is to just experiment in things that you're kind of interested in. You know, and take that first step. And if you try ten things, hey, nine of them might slide off the wall. You know, and only one will stick. But if you can find one or two things kind of through that process, it, it really makes retirement a lot better. And that's the last thing I would say on that topic of kind of how do you go about figuring out what to try? You know, don't just think about one aspect of your life. I, I look at life like like a wheel and you've got all these different spokes in it. You know, you've got your financial, you've got your family relationships, you've got your, you know, your hobbies, you've got your spiritual, on and on. Try to find things to try on all those different spokes 
because it's it really helps if you kind of have a well-rounded approach to life. A, a round wheel rolls better, right? So keep your spokes the same length. I guess, you know, the last thing I would say is as much as you can, try to focus it externally instead of inwardly. Look at things you can do that, that bring value to other people. Everybody I've talked to that's kind of had a successful retirement, it's really surprising how many of them have found things to do that are kind of charitable, they're giving back, like, like my writing, you know, I'm helping others, my wife runs a charity. Finding things like that that give back to other people, those tend to be really good areas to get real fulfillment in your retirement years. Nice. Interesting. So I think that's a, that's a big topic that, you know, I think about my, my parents are in their late fifties and and approaching retirement. And I'm hoping that, you know, they'll be able to stay fulfilled when they do become retired. And and I don't know whether or not they're ready, but that gets into another aspect of this that I wanted to discuss, discuss with you is when do we know that we're ready to retire? There are dollars, there are the numbers of it, but when we're really mentally, emotionally, you know, ready to say, get out of the corporate world or, or leave our main money hustle, how do we know we're ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a really, I'm glad that you mentioned the, it's more than just money. You know, I think for most of your life as you're saving and you're working towards retirement, you do think about the financial side of it, right? It's natural. Okay. I got to get to 25 X if you want to use a 4% safe withdrawal rate, right? The, the rule of thumb, if you're going to spend, pick a number, you know, 50 grand a year and you're going to pull it all out of your investments, you got to have whatever that is, two and a half 25 million. times 50. So two and a half million, yeah, two and a half million, right? That, that's the simple math. And that's what people focus on. But even if you hit 3 million and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm more than ready to retire. I would argue if you haven't taken time to think about the non-financial aspects of retirement, you're not ready to retire. And I actually encourage people in my book, even if you've got the financials lined up, but you haven't taken time to kind of think through what your first question, right? How do you find fulfillment? What are you going to do with your time? If you haven't taken time to think through those, man, don't be in a hurry to get out. Take an extra year. You know, it really, really benefits you to, to spend at least a year. And, and the way I did it, one, one thing I, I suggest everybody try to do, I just, you know, I was working like everybody else. You just have a limited amount of vacation. But I actually took some time over Thanksgiving and I had it on an extra week kind of slow anyway, right? The holidays. And, and my wife and I, we came up to our retirement cabin where we're living now. I'm looking at it right outside my window. And, you know, we kind of said, let's just pretend we're retired, right? We were maybe a year away from retirement. And we said, yeah, we know it's not really going to be retirement, but let's just kind of think about what's it going to be like when we're retired and living here. And, and forcing yourself into a little bit of a situation like that and, and spending that time to think about the non-financial aspects I think you'll know when you're ready. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of an instinct thing. It's not like a spreadsheet where the numbers just say, you know, it, it is one of those subjective areas, but I, I think most people I've talked to, they kind of know when it's time. And I, and I certainly knew when it was time in my situation, you're tired of your job, you're ready for what's next. You're excited about what's next. And you've spent time thinking about what you're going to do with that next chapter. Uh, you know, I, I think you'll, you'll instinctively know when you're ready. Now, how accurate would you say your little retirement experiment was? And what are the, what are a few things that you did to prepare for that or to make it as realistic as possible? You, you knew you, you were simulating that going into it. So I'm sure there was some amount of preparation about it. Yeah. 
I would say it probably wasn't terribly realistic. Let, let's use that wedding analogy again. Let's let's say you, you've you've gotten engaged and you're going out on a date with your fiance and you say, hey, let's just pretend we're married tonight, right? How accurate does that really reflect what it's like to be married? It doesn't, right? Because it's a long-term thing where you're together for years and years on end. You're retired for years and years on end. You know, spending a week or 10 days trying to simulate that, it, it's, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. But I think the value comes in from mentally shifting yourself out of your normal day-to-day, hey, I got to do those emails, I got to work on that presentation, whatever, you know, your normal working stuff. It, it forces your mind out of that realm and kind of makes you be intentional in thinking about what you want your retirement to be. So to me, the value in doing it wasn't so much the physical activity of each day. It was kind of that mental exercise of thinking, wow, what's this going to be like when we're really retired, right? It kind of forces you to think about, man, this is real. This is coming. This is coming soon. You know, what's it going to be like? So I, I think I would almost look at it more like a, a quest, you know, a, a, an exercise to kind of to mentally stimulate yourself to think about it more so than trying to, okay, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning and then I'm going to, you know, don't, don't make it that structured. Keep it just, you know, just time to think and talk with your spouse. You know, it's, I think a lot of people underestimate the impact of retirement. You know, if, if you've got a stay at home spouse or somebody that retired sooner than you, or maybe they're retiring after you, it's, it's an equally big change for both people in the relationship. If you're married or have a partner and make sure that you focus some of your, thinking and planning on both sides of the relationship. It really, it really is important. Interesting. Okay. So I suppose if we're going to, I'm trying to summarize that in my mind and think about maybe the top three things that folks want to think about, if they decide they want to do this week long simulation of what it's like to be retired, maybe put yourself in that space mentally and say, we're pretending we're fully retired right now. We're not going back to work next week. Yep discuss it with your spouse or like figure out what that's going to be like if maybe one's retiring before the other or yep. have that conversation. Are there any other say bullet points or, or if there's a, a third important thing to think about that comes to mind? Uh, I like, I like three. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. I, I think the third that I would add is really try to make a break from work. Mm. You know, it's so easy to get sucked in. I got to do my emails, right? You go do your emails, you're underwater for two hours and you're right back into the work mindset obviously you've got to check your emails, you know, I'm a realist, but really try to minimize your mental energy on that side of your life and dedicate as much of it as you can to this retirement experiment. I'll tell you one other thing too, that makes four, but that's, that's okay. This is, this is not totally related to the experiment. This is something that my wife and I did for the, for the year before I retired for a full year. We had a, we had a cookie jar that we put in our bedroom And every day, each of us would try to write down one activity. We never told the other person what it was, but we put in an activity of something we were going to do. And when we got to retire, if we did it successfully, we'd have 104 things in the jar and we'd pull out one a week. Half of them would be from her, half would be from me. And we'd have two years worth of activities to do once a week that are equally weighted. They're things that both of us want to do. So, and, and the other thing I like about that exercise is it does force you to think about the physical things that you're going to be doing in retirement as well. So that's something else that you can kind of weave into the same concept of trying to prepare mentally. Interesting. I, I really like that idea. It's kind of a commitment device in a way. I mean, you have to really be willing to, in the future, you have to be willing to hold yourself to what your past self or your spouse or whatever said, this is what we're going to do at some point. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's good, too, because in, in our case, we moved for retirement. We did a relocation. I know you talk a lot about real estate. We had a we had a vacation home up in the mountains. It was a hot vacation rental area in northern Atlanta. So we had a vacation place up here for seven years before we retired. You know, we came up on weekends. We came up for a week, you know, vacation here and there. But living here is an entirely different thing, you know, and and having unlimited time to explore a new area. It was kind of good to have that year before we retired where you're kind of doing research and you're looking for things. Because, man, coming up with 52 new things to do, that's that's kind of challenging, right? And uh, it forces you to kind of get to know the area that you live in. And even if you're staying where you're at, you know, the reality of if you've been working 10, 15 years, whatever it's been that you've lived in that location, there's probably a lot within it. 20 or 30 mile drive of your home that you haven't really explored yet. So, you know, I think it, I think it can work for everybody. That seems very likely. Now, if I'm shifting gears a little bit, I'm hearing folks out there in my mind, I'm hearing them say, well, that's great. You know, I, I want to retire, but I'm in say my late forties and I don't have anything saved. And you have some friends, Betty and Gordon who hit their late forties yeah. Yep. and had nothing saved for retirement but they ended up retiring i don't i don't have the the age they were uh, i think she was 50, 59 50, yeah, I think she was 59 from yeah like less than 15 years yeah and that's and, incredible yeah it is incredible and, and i tell you the takeaway that i had when i that was a neat story you know meeting that guy for lunch you have to talk to my parents that, that was if, if if anybody wants a really interesting post it's never too late i think is the name of that one just do a search on my blog but the, the lesson I learned when I was talking to Betty, Betty was the talker more so than Gordon, but they were real characters. And uh, the lesson is I'm sitting there listening to her and I'm thinking about what they did. You know, number one, it's never too late to start. A lot of people don't have a lot of money saved for retirement. Look at the, look at the statistics, right? I mean, the average retirement savings is, I don't know, less than $100,000, right? It's, it's a really chronic problem, but there are a lot of people that have faced it and been in their mid forties and they've still been able to retire by the time they're 60. And the takeaway for me was you hear all about the fire movement. I know you talked to the college investor, right? You're, you're going to be talking to some of these fire people. I, I kind of consider myself fire for those that don't know financial independence, retire early. So people that are really kind of aggressively trying to save to get out of the rat race at an early age. Well, if you look at Mr. Money mustache or, you know, any of those, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that says, yeah, you can do it in about 15 years, right? It all comes down to your savings rate. So what Betty and Gordon did and what anybody else can do, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in my late forties and I haven't saved anything yet. Well, get serious about it. Do whatever you've got to do to jack up that savings rate and cut all of your expenses that you can possibly cut. Increase your income, right? She took, she got a better job. He, he got some kind of different thing in his thing. You know, increase your income, reduce your spending, increase your savings, do all the fire stuff, and you can still save yourself and get out by the time you're 60. A lot of people have done it. So I'm, it, it, it's an interesting bridge. People think about the fire community as just these, you know, young people that want to get out in their 30s, unrealistic, blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. It's a great technique that people that are late to saving for retirement can apply in their own lives. Nothing wrong with that. It works. You know, I think, okay, that was a great list. I think one of the things that I harp on about the FIRE community is, in my opinion, the value of or raising your income 
I mean, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think it's so incredibly understated. We can only really feasibly cut our expenses so low. Yeah. But if I go out and yeah. change my job title, like Betty went from being a teacher or administrator to being a principal and got probably a huge pay raise. Right. And, you know, yeah. in some areas that could be a $50,000 pay raise. I mean, how are you going to cut your expenses that much exactly. and making that extra income is a huge difference. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you, Taylor, hundred percent. I think people that focus exclusively on, Oh, let's, um, you know, let's, okay. Cutting the cord and stuff. That's fine. But when you, when you get to a certain level and you're cutting out $10 a month, you know, I mean, that, that's not going to move the needle, but man, like, like you said, if you can increase your salary by 50,000 a year and not increase your living expenses, that's all going in the bank. And guess what? It's going to go in the bank the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. And by the way, if you're getting a 3% raise and you were making 50,000, so you would have gotten a $1,500 raise. Well, now you're making a hundred thousand, 3% of a hundred thousand is a $3,000 raise. So your raises get bigger. It all compounds. And it, it, that, that is the biggest lever is, you know, whatever you've got to do, you know, if you have to do a side hustle, you know, start something that could potentially really grow do a podcast, right? Do a blog, do something that could potentially turn into a, you know, get into real estate, right? Um, some, you don't necessarily have to get promoted at work, but find a way to increase your income is, is without a doubt in my mind, the biggest lever you can pull to dig yourself out of a hole if you're late saving. We are really killing it on the transitions here because you mentioned having a side hustle. And that's another thing I wanted to talk with there you about go. is having a quote unquote, side hustle in your retirement when you don't have a main hustle, you just have the side hustle. I guess your side hustle is your main hustle, whatever. But <laughs> you're one of those guys, you, you built yourself a side hustle and you've kept it going on throughout your retirement. And whether or not you really need to do it from a, an income or saving standpoint, whatever is none of our business, but presumably like you don't really have to. So, right. I mean, what keeps you going? What's it like having a, again, quote unquote, side hustle in your retirement? Yeah. Yeah. Good question, Taylor. And, and I think the way I look at this is I was conservative in our retirement planning and, and we intentionally said, okay, we're going to assume no income for the rest of our lives. We never have to work because I didn't want to be dependent on a side hustle. You know, if that's the case, keep working, right? I mean, <laughs> work another couple of years. I was making good money. I was at the peak earnings in my career, Shoot. right? I, I, maybe 10 years of my side hustle income maybe would equal one year of extra work, right? So our whole mindset was get to the point where you don't need a side hustle before we pull the plug, number one. Number two, now that I'm in retirement, we talked the very first question about fulfillment. I think if you can find a side hustle that brings you value beyond the monetary, you know, I, I do make money from my blog. It's not, it's not outrageous, but you know, it, it helps, helps pay the health insurance. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I, if I wasn't making any money from the blog, I'd be fine. Right. I, I, I could have written this book for free. I, I didn't have to get paid to write the book and the value that you get in retirement of not being dependent on the side hustle income is the freedom to do those things as a side hustle that don't necessarily earn you money and that they earn you those other things that you lose when you leave the workplace. You know, you, people think about the paycheck, but you've also got, think about it. You've got a, a network of people that you work with. 
you've got, you know, um, deliverables, right? You've got, you've got objectives that your boss mandates to you, whatever, but you've, you've got things that you have to do. So you have a, a feeling of, of achievement. There's some really rewarding intangibles that come from work beyond the paycheck that you don't really think about until they're not there anymore. So to have a side hustle that meets some of those basic human needs that you don't necessarily realize you have, that's why some people struggle with retirement. You know, they, they jump into retirement and they've got nothing to fill the void. You know, most people that go back into work after they retire, they don't do it for the money. They do it for those non-financial aspects. So the beauty of a side hustle, if, if done well, is you can have a side hustle that gets you the social interaction. Look, I meet a new guy here, Taylor, right? We're hitting it off. We were, you know, we had a great chat before we hit record, you know, I, I'm meeting new people. I, I got my reader interaction. You know, you, you've got all this interaction with people. You're helping people. You've got a weekly deliverable. I got to get my post out, whatever. You get all these things. And guess what? I make a little bit of money at it. Great. You know, having a side hustle before you retire try a couple of them, get something that you kind of like. That kind of goes to that curiosity thing I was talking about earlier. You know, if something interests you, try it, get it started, see where it goes. Those are basically, any of those could potentially be side hustles, right? And and I think it's invaluable to have those in retirement. That's what really brings the richness to, to retirement is when you're doing something fulfilling. Whether it's for money or not, I don't think it matters. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I love that. I mean, I've kind of had this realization. My grandfather passed away, my my dad's dad, about a little over a year ago. He's 93. He lived on the farm mm-hmm. his whole life. He retired, I think, in his mid-60s. But he was working the farm in some capacity up until a month before he passed away. He's a 93-year-old man. He wasn't the pinnacle of health anymore, but he had had some kind of side hustle. He wasn't making money off yeah, of it, but something sure. to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and probably part of the reason he lived until 93 was because of that, right? He had it. something that he enjoyed doing, you know, it kept him outside, kept him active. Yeah. Spot on. Cool story. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important. And it's something that I think about because particularly in this kind of this real estate entrepreneurship space, financial independence space that we live in, I think we've really, the, the culture is kind of I'm going to say the word fetishized. I don't mean that, but it's the one that comes to mind. Fetishize yeah. this idea of I'm going to retire. I'm going to go sit on the beach. I'm going to drink a margarita. And that's what I'm going to do with my life. And yeah, when people that do that hate it. Yeah. You know, the analogy I used to, or I use this in my book. If you think back to when you were a kid and you're getting ready to go on summer vacation, right? You're, you're in the final week of school and school's out, right? Remember school's out for summer, Alice Cooper, right? right. Everybody's excited. Well, if you were like me, you know, school's out with early June, by the middle of July, you're bored out of your mind, right? <laughs> right? And, and retirement can be the same thing. If, if all you're thinking about is, hey, I'm going on permanent vacation. Well, it's nice. You know, that's fine. We took a three-month trip last year and, nice. and, and took our RV all the way across the country. It was awesome, right? But to, to have that be the purpose of your life, I think most people find it's not really fulfilling. You know, it's, it's those intangible human needs that I mentioned earlier None of those are fulfilled by the fetish, as you call it, of, you know, sitting on the beach. All right. Well, I guess we're, I'm not going to turn that into like a sound clip or an audiogram or something. <laughs> <'cause they're... laughs> Please don't. But it, no, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I think I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm inspired by that and that you did something that was fun. You went for the RV trip. That sounds like a great time, but that wasn't, it sounds like that wasn't your 
goal of I'm going to retire so I can go take this RV trip. Like, no, no, it's just a benefit. We, we always knew. Yeah, we go back to that that ten day retirement trial that we did. You know, we we knew that we wanted to spend extended travel time, but we also knew that we wanted to have a home base. You know, we like to be part of a community. We're in a small town. My wife runs this charity that's you know very impactful in the community. We know a ton of people. We go walking down Main Street. We know people. It, it gets back to that social interaction side of, of life. And when you're traveling full time, which a lot of people do and a lot of people enjoy it, and that, that's fine. But I think a lot of them find that you don't really have a way to fulfill those meaningful relationships because you're always in a temporary situation. So we said, okay, we can do that sometimes, and that's great. But we also have something that's more permanent that lets us have those those more meaningful relationships, you know, people that we really know, that we hang out with, we have a good time. And and you can balance that out. But that's what that retirement test period, that's what people should be thinking about. Maybe you do want to travel full-time. That's great. But think about what are you going to do while you're traveling full-time that's going to bring you fulfillment in those other areas, right? That's when I talk about a test retirement, that's really the the core of it is, is asking yourself those kind of questions. Wow. I love that. I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Fritz, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. All right, bring them, Taylor. You're ready. All right, perfect. <laughs> First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? The best investment I ever made was, I would say, becoming a passionate personal finance hobbyist. From a very early age, I just started devouring this stuff. I've always managed my own money, you know, my, our family's, my wife's money and ours. I've, I've always understood it. Maybe not when I first started out, I just signed up for the 401k because the boss told me to, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But from a very early age, I started understanding this stuff. And I think managing your own money is invaluable because depending on and paying for an expert to do it for you, that, that's okay. But nobody cares about this stuff as much as you do. And I think the value that I've gotten from 30 plus years now of, of self-educating in this area, listening to podcasts, you know, things like that, reading blogs, magazines back when they were still around, you know, <laughs> that was invaluable as, as being able to self-manage your life. Wow. Great answer. On the other side of that, we had the best investment. You invested your time and energy in managing your money. We had that best investment. The other side of that is the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Yeah, I got, I got to throw this one out. This is a, this is a, a story of why you should never invest in, in individual stocks. I'm a big fan <laughs> of mutual funds and then real estate as well. But I was, I was working for a, a company and we had a, a planning software these guys were great. I mean, they were, man, we had dinner. These guys were brilliant. They were super. They're, this was right before the, the tech collapse in, in 2000. I, I got a small inheritance from my grandmother. I'm like, man, I know this company. I know the guys that run it. These guys are, man, they're going to the moon. This is big. And I put, you know, I, I was, it was still not a, not a huge amount in the, in the scope of things. But for me, it was, you know, more than I would do now in any individual stock. And you can, you can imagine what happened, right? Absolutely cratered in the tech 
collapse and I lost everything. And I learned a valuable lesson about diversification. And to this day, you know, I keep all of my positions very, I, I do keep a little bit of fun money. I've got a TD Ameritrade that I do option trading and I'll, you know, I'll do some speculative bets, but that to me is more of a hobby. That's just fun. I never make a big enough bet because of that one experience of, of how painful it is to buy in on a, on a mania and get blown away. That was painful. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Early, you mentioned our previous interview with Robert from the College Investor, and he had the same answer. The worst investment was individual stocks that yeah. went to zero. Different circumstances, but same principle. Yeah. Great answer. Sounds like a painful experience. My favorite question at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? I think... And I haven't pre-thought this. I, I think I always like to just be spontaneous and say what comes to my mind. I think the best thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two answers to it. One is enjoy the moment while being responsible for the future. I mentioned that earlier. So, I, you know, too many people, when they're caught up in the fire enthusiasm, they're just living for tomorrow, living for tomorrow, sacrificing everything. I'm going to get there. It's going to be great. You might not get there, right? Enjoy today while planning for tomorrow. That's number one. And number two, I mentioned it earlier as well, but I think it's important to reiterate here, really be intentional on striving to have the balance in your life. Don't be so obsessed on work. This is the spokes in the wheel analogy. And, and the story that I would share there, there was a guy that I knew, I was taking a Dale Carnegie course when I was a 23-year-old new salesperson. They put me into this class. And halfway through the class, it was you know every Tuesday night for eight weeks or whatever it was, one of the guys in the class didn't show up one week and we said to the instructor, hey, where's Bob? Turns out Bob had committed suicide. Whoa. The instructor apparently knew him a bit. And he said, well, he said, let me just tell you something about Bob. He said, Bob, you know, and this is where I get the analogy of a wheel rolls best when all the spokes are the same length. That was something the instructor said. And so he stuck with me. He said, Bob had really uneven spokes. And he said, you know, as you go through life, really work on keeping your spokes the same length. And, and I, I think that's the most valuable, you know, tip that any of us can have. Don't, don't get so obsessed at work. Don't get so obsessed at saving money. Don't get so obsessed on anything. Really seek balance. Life's a lot better that way. Seek balance. And that's a great analogy with the wheel rolling. I can see a, a wheel rolls best when the spokes are the same length. I can see how that stuck with you yeah. and particularly in that situation, why that would be so impactful. I appreciate you joining us today and bringing all these lessons about retirement, planning for retirement, staying fulfilled, what to do when you're retired, how to get ready, all of it. Love it, Fritz, thanks for that. If folks wanna learn more about you, if they wanna get a copy of your book, where can they do that? Where can they find you? Yeah, thanks, Taylor. It's real simple to find me. I'm at The Retirement Manifesto. And yes, I put the T-H-E in there. I don't know why, but I did. I'm just there now. TheRetirementManifesto.com. I'm on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, same name, Retirement Manifesto, Retirement Manifesto, or just Google me, Fritz Gilbert. I'm around. Nice. TheRetirementManifesto.com. Love it. Great topic. And I think it's so important. And we don't talk about it enough just as a culture in a, in a substantive way we talk about it maybe too much from a dollars and cents perspective yeah. and not enough from fulfillment what are you going to do all those great things that come along with retirement love it yeah and, and spot on taylor i will say kudos to you i mean you're a pretty young guy to, to be perceptive and recognize that at your age there's a reason your show's doing so well you know that, that's a really good topic and i appreciate you having me on it's a real honor to be on with you and nice chatting with you 
Well, I appreciate that very much. It wouldn't be a great show without great guests. So right back at you there, buddy. And and thanks again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating interview on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, signing off. Take care. Bye-bye.